You only get into, out the game what you put into it, Shelley. Mm-hmm. And I put everything into it I could and still do for the people and for the people that I was playing for and the people that I was manager for. I didn't cheat them out of anything. So I put all my heart and soul to the extent that my family suffered. Do you regret that at all? Oh, yeah, I regret, oh, I regret it very much. Yeah. Somebody said the football's a matter of life and death to you. I said, listen, it's more important than that. Welcome to Man Marking. This is the review of Series 1 episode. I'm joined as normal by Ryan, Katie and Ant, otherwise known as Pop. Biggest takeaway from Series 1. I'm going to go around the table and ask you one by one. So, Ryan, I'm going to start with you. What was your biggest takeaway from Series 1? Um, for me, Dan, probably the, the importance of mental health just being as important as physical health. Um, whether you're a journalist or a sportsman or one of the people we've spoken to, to operate at the highest level or your highest level, if you're not feeling 100%, or as Carl Anker put it, fresh, then it, it's going to become much harder for you. Um, I think the problem is fighting something that's invisible. But there are, num- there are a number of football players now who have talked about their mental health and what we have got to a place now is his understanding of mental health has got better through these football players because yeah. he he understands when a football player is having a bad is having a bad run of, run of form right he, he can understand when a striker is clutching at shots and he's saying feeding themselves and he's screaming and scratching he's like ah and he's like well, I don't understand what's wrong with him he was you know he's not doing anything worse but he goes you know he's not taking their post positions or he's not he's not attacking the ball as he used to he ain't he ain't feeling crisp and I'm like and pointing to myself sometimes he's like, and he's beginning to put two, two and two together Yeah, that sometimes you know we're not robots and things can go up the positives though that I took from series one is that there does seem to be a change in the tide and, and the culture is improving and I think people we spoke to we've got I mean we spoke to a lot of people but series one focused on the six we spoke to we did talk about how it's becoming slightly easier to talk there were more outlets I mean the, for me I've, I've learned about the, the Yapper app, uh, Walk and Talk, obviously Katie's Meant to Army. I know now if I follow them from Series 1, if I was feeling low, I'd feel a lot more confident in where the signposting would lead me to and, and, and what I would need to do. And I think that's been one of the biggest takeaways from me, that it doesn't really matter who you are, what level you operate at. The importance on mental health is starting to get... Um, sort of the the recognition it deserves and I think equally people have been a little bit more comfortable in talking about it so I think while we've always said for years uh, it's good to talk and those type of things we're now understanding that the environment's got to be there for people to talk as well and I think that's been the biggest shift so my takeaway from from series one is one how many people were suffering that you wouldn't realize uh, so don't always assume that someone's okay just because the the confidence and the loud um and two, if you are struggling, the, the quicker you put your hand up and ask for help, A, the, the reaction tends to be better than you could ever imagine, and B, you're going to get the help you need much quicker. And it sounds obvious, but they're, they're just little steps to, to helping you get to where you need to get to. And out of the people that we spoke to in, in Series 1, Ryan, if you had to pick one that, that kind of surprised you, that maybe you weren't expecting, or you know there was stuff in there that you didn't know about, who was it have been? It's a hard question because there was all they all had stuff in there that surprised me. That the Kevin Carly episode just left me 
flabbergasted and almost speechless simply because of how he told his story and, and seeing his insight. But I think in terms of those that wasn't related to one direct incident, Carl Anker's um, obviously aware of Carl Anker's work and what and on Twitter and social media. He's a very funny guy and he's someone you'd love, well, you and, and did go for a pint with him, but he's someone you'd love to sit in the pub with and talk to all night. And I didn't realise he struggled as much as he did. And the struggle wasn't a short struggle. It wasn't related to just one thing that happened and he went and got medicine and he was okay. He, he realised that it's a constant struggle and it'll always be a battle. He'll have good days, he'll have bad days. But he was really honest and upfront about it and he discussed how he dealt with it with his family, how he dealt with it from his social life and his work life. And I think there's a lot of important messages in, in Carl's interview where he touched on he didn't really know anything about his best friend other than what was going on there and then or shouting random football names at each other. But he wasn't, he forgot it was his birthday. He didn't ask about his wife. And he, he realised the importance of doing those things for men to, to break down those barriers. So I think if I had to pick one, uh, I'd probably pick Carl's. Handing over your emotional well-being to a large group of people on a regular basis if that's your only means of emotional well-being, is not recommended from me. Um, yeah, there, and there is this one-up, there is constant one-ups and shit about what's a true support and what's this, and it's ultimately just very convoluted dick swinging that I don't particularly <laughs> yeah. find interesting. One thing I will particularly annoys me, and I think we're, we're slowly beginning to realise this is a particularly bad thing we do, is when we mock football teams having empty stadiums. Mm. and you see this happen a lot about Manchester City right yeah. now or just you've got all this money you can't fill your stadium and you're like we're in the middle of austerity yeah. and it's in Manchester people got jobs and football tickets are expensive and you are laughing at the fans for not yeah. going rather yes. than being annoyed at other factors that and same question to you mate in terms of your biggest takeaway from, from the first series uh, first of all I'm happy you call me Ant because the mention of pop needs to stop <laughs> um, my big, yeah, my biggest takeaway. Um, I think it's just that I was. I think we were quite surprised. I think Carl said it first of all when you know we the reason people are going to do these interviews with us because we were asking nicely. And I think when you go through go through life, sometimes you think, oh, well, maybe they're not really that interested in in me. Maybe I'm not the nicest person. But when you you hear someone else say that, you met for about twenty minutes in a coffee shop. You know, oh, right, okay, that's really nice to hear. And I think that settled us in as well to, to what we were doing. Because um, I think the week after that, we did another interview and Ryan did his first one with us. And it, the, the atmosphere was completely different. There wasn't any nerves, there wasn't any any um, any anxious feeling about about what we were doing and the questions we were going to ask. Um, so I think the, the ease in which we've been able to approach these people and the... And the willingness from from the people who we've interviewed in the first series to come back to us and say yeah go on i'll tell you my story i i really want everyone to to hear it um it's probably my favorite takeaway from the whole thing yeah i think that's i think that's 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 very true and you know for for, for people who've not done anything like this before and this is obviously our first venture into it it's literally just sliding into people's dms messaging people <laughs> trying to find contacts of people that you know and and, and these are people we don't know and they don't know who we are and, and trying to reach out to them and, and, and express that we do want to hear from them. And same as I said to Ryan, out of all the interviews you've done, is there anyone who's surprised you? It's 
Scott Davis was, was quite surprising in, in terms of just how easy he spoke about those tough times in his life. You know, the the amount that he went through being a footballer, having that dream and realising that dream of scoring a goal against Petr Cech. There's not many you can say that, to be honest. Um, well, uh, we played against Chelsea and I scored a free kick against Petr Cech in pre-season the week before the season started. Um, made my debut against Nottingham Forest, played like Newcastle away. And I was this kid living a dream. Um, I remember going out in the evening after the uh, Chelsea game and we were in a bar in London and two guys come up to me and tapped me on the shoulder. And they said, was that you that scored the goal? And I turned around and Sky Sports News was showing um, the preseason friendly highlights. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, it was. And I couldn't quite believe it because my life off the pitch was a mess. Uh, but I was getting away with it purely because of my ability on it. His telling of his of his time during football and after football was it was quite surprising just to see the lengths that he would go to to fuel that addiction and the the amount of uh, sort of the the big battle that he had to go through to to overcome that as well. Um so that was really surprising for me. Um yeah, I th- I think that would be the one I, I I'd choose as the most surprising, yeah. And um, Katie, same question for you. Obviously a lot of these people involved in in, in football in a, in a big way and, and what have you. And, and some people that we probably not really knew a lot about before. And what was the, the biggest takeaway for you from the first series? How inspiring it was. Having people who have been through such difficult times, especially with them being men. And we know that, you know, men sometimes find it more difficult to express how they're feeling and what they've been through. But these guys have all been through their individual situations and some harrowing experiences, some very traumatic incidences, some, you know, highly pressured as well with the nature of them being footballers and and having the spotlight on them. But the fact that they were so willing to come and speak to us and it, it is to try and empower other people and to try and help other people and to to work through their experience so other people can have their strength and and be motivated to have courage to also come forwards i just i I don't even think there's a word for it it's just it's really humbling to see that these people have been through these situations and they want to help other people you know to make some good of, of what they've been through and i think it's really really brave and very courageous of them to do it and i do feel like it's massively motivating the population of people to speak not just men but women also um but it's helping this this gain momentum on us finally getting to the point of realizing that mental health is all is something that we all have it's something that we're on a continuum with where we experience highs and lows um and it, it is when people speak the words are so powerful and they're so honest every person who's come on has been so so honest and given us a very good account of what they've been through um that it, it just gives momentum to this whole movement of let's talk more let's be open more let's reduce the stigma and the judgment because it's actually okay to not be okay <clears throat> katie anybody in this series been a bit of a surprise to you maybe something you weren't expecting um i think the interview with kevin cowley it was really emotional because obviously of what he went through a hillsborough um, the fact that he told the story of what happened and it was very emotional, very distressing, gave you, you know, a lot of visuals of possibly what it could have been like to, to have 
seen that experience yourself. But I think the fact that he was so honest in working through that as a trauma and how long it had taken him to get through it and how he'd now got to a place where he was kind of recovering and healing from the situation that he was put in, you know, many, many years ago. Um, I just found it kind of quite, I don't I, I want to just say the right word, but it was quite humbling, but it was quite breathtaking as well because it was so well spoken and it was so detailed and it was so honest and, you know, he was so grateful to the person that had helped him with his um, treatment. I think it was for CBT he had. Um, and he gave, like, an account of what that looked like and having the right person and, and having the right support. So he didn't just tell his story of what he'd gone through. He kind of then offered, like, an additional signpost into, you know, therapy that could be really helpful for people who've gone through trauma and how it's not an easy fix and it's not an overnight type of thing but how it, it takes hard work and it takes perseverance and it takes you know being feeling like you're able and reaching the right person so I think it was so detailed of everything he went through from the whole initial experience all the way to the current day of how he now is like living his life where he feels much more able and much happier. And that was due to seeking help and getting the right help and working through it and putting so much time and effort into it. I just think that blew me away, that interview. Because uh, the heat was, was coming down and I couldn't move. And it, it filled up around me and I kept thinking, oh, they'll stop it soon, there'll be no one coming in. But they let it carry on. And I thought to myself, I just wanted... Um, I want to move my hands up um, just to sort of move around a bit and get a bit of air, and I couldn't. I couldn't move my hands. I couldn't get my hands in my pockets. Um, I couldn't do anything. And it was getting warmer and warmer, and I could feel the sweat trickling down the back of my neck, and I just felt uncomfortable, and I started to feel a bit sort of like woozy, sort of like hot, you know. And um, my mate had moved off to the right. I mean, the surges on the terraces were moving up and down, and and he'd gone off to the right, and just over everything, I started to hear just people moaning, not like oh, you know, moaning, moaning, but moaning, as in like uncomfortable moaning. And Dan, what, what just because you've been on on every episode, what have, what have been your takeaways and and almost episode you'd look back with fondness. Mm-hmm. I think for me, what what I found most most interesting and most humbling, really, and, and you know, when we started this process, which was some months ago, you know, we obviously had those worries: is anyone going to want to speak to us? Is anybody going to listen? And I think the biggest thing for me has been how willing people are to talk and how willing people are to talk to us when you know they don't know who we are and they don't know what our backgrounds are. So, I think for me, it's kind of been one of those things where you've absolutely no idea how it's going to go and and, you know, we're just starting out and it's been really interesting. It's been really humbling that, that a, a, people are willing to talk to us and, and B, people are willing to listen as well and, and feedback to us and, 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 and tune into the to the episodes every week. So that's been amazing. In terms of an individual episode, uh, Jamie Curitans was, was interesting from the perspective of he's somebody that's been around football for a long time. As, as lower league football fans, we've obviously been aware of him because... He seems to score against us every other season. 
and for him to he kind of came into it with a with a you know it's not something that he's ever had issues with in terms of mental health but when he spoke about his trip out to South Korea and how difficult that was for him to be away from his family and he said it was the first time that the football just wasn't enough uh, he was on the phone to his I think it was his mum and he was he was very upset and crying and what have you and for him to be honest with us about that I think demonstrates in a way exactly what we're looking at is that there are extreme cases in terms of like what Kevin's gone through at, at Hillsborough and, and some of the stuff that we'll be touching on in, in, in series two and three and but with with other people it's kind of everyday things it's 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 more you know what would to them not appear as though they were mental health problems but to be able to detach from your family and detach from everything you know and to, to feel isolated and alone and to know that it's all right for you to just say, I'm feeling shit about this or this is really hard and you can nip it in the bud when it's when it's at an earlier stage so when it doesn't become something bigger and more detrimental to your overall health. So for me, yeah, Jamie being honest about that experience for him would hopefully inspire other people who maybe aren't going through something that's massively extreme but the type of things that everyone goes through all the time that are upsetting and difficult to deal with, I'm feeling confident and comfortable to say, yeah, do you know what? I was upset at that, and that was really difficult. So I think, yeah, for me, that's the, the biggest takeaway I've had from it. Um, I missed all of that. And then ultimately, I missed my family. Um, not seeing my two kids, speaking to them on the phone, not being able to see them. The time zone was crazy. So I either spoke to them at midnight or spoke to them at seven in the morning or something. It was bonkers. And it was the one time where football wasn't enough and, and I felt I need to get home and used to cry a lot on the phone to my mum and, and, and like my kids and just sort of thought, you know, I need to get back as quick as possible. Um, you know, this isn't, this isn't right. It's not working. Um, and I was probably at my lowest point in my life, really. Um, and it was just a case of trying to get through it and, and just count the days down. My dad flew out and stayed with me for a few weeks. Um, and then finally I'll come home in December season ended I'll come home so that's our review of series one thanks for, for being with us again today later on this week we'll also be releasing a preview for series two which will be kind of going through the six guests that we've got for series two and having a little chat about them so do tune in on, on Thursday for that episode and as usual get us on the Twitter which is at Mark underscore man use the hashtag where's the talking lads and all six episodes from Series 1 are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, or whatever else it is that you get your podcast from. And if you have enjoyed the episodes, then give it a little like, give it a little share, a review, and send it out to your friends and to your family and to, to anyone you think will listen to it. And as we've said before, our DMs are open. And, and if you want to drop us a message or give us a suggestion for something that we could do, then we're always, always all ears for it. So we'll see you on Thursday for the preview of Series 2.